Empire Lines uncovers the unexpected, often two-way flows of empires through art. Interdisciplinary thinkers use individual artworks as artifacts of imperial exchange, revealing the how and why of the monolith empire. Helen or Ellen? In oh. French, you say Ellen. Ellen. Yeah. It's okay. I'm Yelena, so it gets confusing. Ah, yeah. for <laughs> In this episode, photographer Ellen Amuzu and curator Bindivora capture the invisibility of refugees and asylum seekers in Europe, moving between 21st century Togo and Belgium in a series of haunting autoportraits. I'm Elena Muzu. I'm from Togo originally, and now I'm in Belgium, living in Brussels. So, yeah, I'm a photographer, and it's my first show in London, and I'm here. <laughs> I am Bindi Vora. I'm the curator at Autograph, and I have had the great privilege and pleasure of working with Helene on her show Voyages. Helene, we're surrounded by 15 years of your work spanning 2006 to 2021. A recurrent motif across these photographs is the suitcase, and many of your works explore how migration has shaped your own identity, as articulated in these self-portraits. Can you tell us a little bit more about that journey? I left Togo in 92 to Munich in Germany because my husband went there before. At that time, he is uh, active in politics side. We all are active that time. I didn't show myself or women are not so implicated at that time as is today. We are not safe there. People are moving and he especially has to move. And we first went to Benin. At that time, I think we were naive. We thought to come in Europe, report what we are facing there and Europe will help us because Germany colonized Togo first. And then we all are, ah, German, they are better. They will help quickly than France. I think our parents or our grandparents, the story to tell that Germans are better than France to maintain the relationship they had with, with our country. Togoland was a so-called protectorate of the German Empire in West Africa from 1884 to 1914, an area which included the current state of Togo and much of Ghana, and which Europeans had long dubbed the Slave Coast. During the First World War, the colony was invaded by British and French forces from the Gold Coast and Dahomey, and endured military rule by the latter until its independence in 1960. Some of your works, like Entretemps, use the French language, but you moved to Belgium, another place that's located, in a way, between France and Germany. What brought you to Belgium? We just married when he left, so he wanted me to, to join him. Yeah, after I think two or three years later, we didn't have our papers and he wanted to renew our visa and he didn't come back. After searching the seat, he was on the list of people who were deported. So we went to friend's house with my daughter. I have a daughter, so she was small. And we couldn't go out. I have to pay attention where to go. And so we stay almost six months without uh, knowing where my husband is. 
the question is go back, seek for him, or I will go somewhere else in Europe. And I prefer to go back home because coming to Europe, seek asylum was not my project. I follow somebody. So for me, I go back with my child to Benin. And from Benin, I couldn't go to Togo. We, we were in Lomé. The easiest way to look for him is to come back. I heard Belgium uh, Red Cross helps people to find if you lost somebody or somebody disappeared. I have learned Belgium at school, but I have nothing to do with Belgium as uh, I have no purpose there to work or to do anything. As a parent or mother, I'm an example to my child. In the morning, wake up, I have to do something when she's at school. My head was full of things, and I needed to put them somewhere. Looking for what to do, I met a girl who came from UK, and she shows me how to record video, and yeah, I did. And then I love it, and I wanted to seek for a place where to train. And then I found this place uh, in Molenbeek. It's a arrondissement in Brussels. I went for video, and the man I met, he advised me to choose. I will be interested in photography, I say. Because at that time, without ID, anything, and somebody advised me to do something, I appreciate it, and I say, yes, if it's possible, I'll do it. So first, I'm asylum seeker in Brussels, and then, yeah, photography helps me. So I discovered that I can use that for myself, first for myself, to free my, my mind and to face everyday life, to survive and to continue. We'll come back to talk more about your journey, but I also want to talk about the wonderful art and how art for you transcends language in a way. There's a visual sense of displacement in these works of visibility and invisibility. You appear almost as a ghostly figure amongst those suitcases that we mentioned. Sometimes you stuff yourself into the case. Also, peeling floral wallpaper, you sit, you look at it. The attic, it was not a place I known before. I was looking for somewhere I can take pictures secretly. And I discovered a place in the building where I lived that time. I'm alone, I do what I want, and I feel the place has the same story as mine. And the wallpaper, I love it because you go there, the wallpaper is looks so old and great. I just put my, my luggage and I try. It reminds me a lot of an artist called Neil Yolta, who we spoke to on Empire Lines before, and she uses wallpapers and photographs to refer to the particular experience of women migrants trapped in the domestic space. Bindi, here too, there are pastel walls. There's a kind of quiet domesticity to the colours that you've used. What was it like curating this exhibition? So I was introduced to Hélène's work from our director, Mark Seeley, who has known about Hélène's practice for the last decade or so and has been quietly following her work. An opportunity came to stage Hélène's first solo show with us at Autograph. And what's really incredible about the series of work that we're kind of sat amongst at the moment is that it is really Hélène's body and herself inscribed right into 
not only the attic that you've mentioned, but also into our exhibition space. What we've tried to do is really create a different kind of journey of how time is not this linear space. Time has become this very stretched out space in which we see Ellen in the suitcase, lying down on the floor, almost jumping into the wall and back out again at you. You know, Ellen has just described her journey from 1992 to almost 2005. You're seeing 15 years of these self-portraits in which the kind of physical trauma of journey, Togo, Benin, Germany, and then Belgium, but also the kind of burden on the body that it's taken that toll emotionally, not just for herself, but also for her daughter of navigating these spaces in which you're constantly denied the right to be present. And how do you keep making yourself visible in that journey? It's like she's in my body and she feels... I appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> I'm really fascinated by the way you use long exposures. It's a way of sort of connecting past and present, blurring that binary quite literally. But also the work kind of moves in these sweeping motions, almost like someone's taken a rubber to them, which makes me think again about visibility and invisibility. All of these photographs are hand-printed, which makes them a sort of document as well of migration. Can you describe your artistic process, how you come to take these photographs? When I began to take a photo, I don't have money. For me, is to create something from zero to paper. For me, to be in the dark room and as a magic place, and then you see images come out that surprises me and that was as another world where I can be free and I can travel. They, they were for me. These are the questions or the feelings or the secrets I have inside me and I wanted to know how to do it without disturbing anybody else to produce them or to develop them maybe and also without sharing my story. I wanted to keep my story mine. And the one thing, you know, I want to add to that is that after Ellen got her papers, she finally had her citizenship. She finally wasn't stateless anymore. And, you know, when you consider 20 plus years of that struggle to finally say that you belong somewhere and to go home then, and especially, I know, Ellen, you and your mum are so close, to have that space again in which you connect in a very different way, in a very different circumstance, I think is so incredibly important to share through this work. You mentioned that tension between the public and the private. This is the first UK solo exhibition of your works. What does it feel like to sit amongst them and display them in this context? I'm afraid of what others will say. And showing them, yeah, that was a process too. If my teacher tell me it's time to share them without uh, forcing me, I think about it. I say, okay, but I first ask my daughter. I ask her before, are you uh, agree that I show my pictures? And there are few where I'm naked. I'm a stage I need to take off my clothes. So it's a process to become where I'm today. You created these pictures for yourself, but how does it feel to see them and know that they have these universal themes and that other people will connect to them and connect their own life experiences with them too? 
Yeah, I always say that I'm not in the same situation. And there are people who sing, who paint. Yeah, we are many, right? And so it's between the worlds. This one, Belgium, uh, Togo, because when I'm back, I go to Ghana also. We all, we have luggage with us. Uh, if you are not obliged or forced to leave your home, you will never move. You will stay with your parents or people you know. The situation is difficult. Sometimes you hear things. Also, at the same time, I say we live in the same world. Yeah, we have to go around. We can't stay at home all our whole life. If my pictures will open or people will discover and think about what is happening outside and say they are not coming or they are not moving because they want... We, there are people who want to move. I'm not saying that the answer of my situation, no, but it's helped to go forward. Bindi, a lot of your work focuses too on fragments of migration. Your first book, Mountain of Salt, looks at everything from border closures to flight cancellations, Brexit to Black Lives Matter. How do you find it seeing Alain's work being displayed in the context of contemporary migrant crises and the discourse around refugees in Britain? What I connected with Helen's work about was this idea of having to take a journey that you don't necessarily choose. There are other factors involved in which you are forced into these spaces. And I think that is something that resonates a lot, not just contemporary, but also historically. If I think back to you know my family's journey, my parents were born in Uganda, and during the Idi Amin regime in 72, they were kicked out of Uganda and had to flee. And overnight, they were only allowed to take two suitcases worth of belongings with them. My mum's side of the family ended up in Kenya and my dad's side of the family moved back to India. And when they got married in the early 80s, that's when they came to the UK. So there's been this constant idea of movement that I've experienced as a second generation Ugandan Asian where, you know, you're, you're forced into thinking that you're not British, you're not Indian and you're not African. And so it's all these in-between spaces that I think for me really resonates. And I think I connected to Ellen's work through that space. The journeys are very different. I personally have not experienced that struggle that Helen went through, but there are things that connect all of these stories that we're hearing throughout the news. And I think what's becoming more and more apparent is that there is an amnesia we're feeling. So how do we keep this message around refugee crisis in the forefront without it becoming this thing that is just a Monday news or a Tuesday news? How do we keep talking about these experiences that don't just happen in a week or in two weeks? They are drawn out over years and years and that struggle that many people like Elena face throughout their lives that continue to be met with obstacles because they don't quite meet the certain rules or regulations. And, you know, there are different ways in which we're hearing stories come out. And I think what's very beautiful about Elena's work is that It is so deeply personal, but you really connect in these fragments of time through the pictures. You're met with Alain's gaze as you come into the space, and that is really important. She's inviting you in to see what she has experienced, and that is the ultimate part of the story that we're seeing. It's not about other people in crisis. It's looking at herself and her own story. So we're really in Alain's Alain's space. We really are. Thank you both so much for taking the time to talk to me today. Thank you so much. Thank you to come and to be interested of something like this. Alain Amuzu, 
Voyages runs at Autograph in London until the 20th of January 2023. You'll find all the links in the episode notes. Empire Lines is produced by Jelena Sofronievich. For more episodes, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Do you want to say I'm a photographer? <laughs> <laughs>